0: You're about to hear a sermon from Han Vision Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia, delivered by guest speaker Jason Tyler Nettles. Thanks for listening
1: to Han Vision. Love you, Pastor Joe. You know, I, do, we got, I got to break it down a little bit. We've met only once, uh, but we hung out in that period of uh, 48 hours. Actually, more than that, I was here for, I stayed here for like 21 days uh, back about three months ago. Um, And I had a great time with uh, Pastor Joe and the crew here and the Daniel School that was hosted. Do you guys remember the Daniel School that was here? I encourage you, if you haven't gone to the Daniel School, you should because it's powerful, God's moving, God's doing incredible things. Uh, One of my dear friends is one of the guys who lead it with Pastor Joe and a collaboration of other guys. Uh, Pastor Joe's doing me a big favor right now. He's making me a nice Americano. I love that man. Put your hands together again for your pastor, Pastor Joe, one of the buffest pastors I've seen or or nice fit pastors. This guy's training for a, a marathon. Am I right? This guy's crazy. Who's he tried to recruit to join him? Raise your hand. Any of you? Oh, <laughs> you know, a lot of his leader friends, he's tried to recruit them, and they, they they couldn't finish the race. They said yes, but they didn't count the costs, and then literally after a few weeks, they just are like, you know what? That's more for you, Joe. Uh, how many miles are you going to run? 14 today. Wow. Okay. I don't run 14 in a year. That's 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 something. Um, but yeah, uh, Pastor Joe, I was able to meet him, and we spent quite a bit of time just together when we were here last time, uh, a few months back. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Honestly, because of time being short and introductions, uh, you know, I don't wanna share too much about myself. Other than the fact, just if you've, who's never seen me before? Raise your hand high. You haven't seen me yet, okay? So for the most part, a good amount of people were here last time. Uh, my name's Jason Nettles, and I'm a Korean American, uh, born in Korea, but I was adopted at age two, hence why my last name is Nettles. Uh, Jason Tyler Nettles, my full name. I always tell people it's very, very white, I know. Uh, My mom's white, my dad's white, my older brother's white. Uh, I grew up in white church, white culture, that was very normal. In fact, I feel very comfortable in a room with a thousand white people and I'm the only Asian, I don't think twice. That's how I grew up. But then what happened was, all of a sudden, I discover my Korean heritage years later at 27 years old. Most of you in this room aren't 27, I don't think. Uh, 27 years old, I discovered kimchi. Praise God for the first time. Believe that or not, from California. Didn't even know what kimchi was. That's a true story. Uh, and I began to understand and discover my heritage, my roots uh, as a Korean American, as A Korean and our rich history and how God has used our people how God is still using our people and just diving into all of like an understanding of what it is to be Korean so even being here with you guys today talking about introductions that's probably the best part of my introduction especially when I get introduced as Jason Nettles at a Korean church In fact, when people look at the brochure or the announcements or like the social media posts, Jason Tyler Nettles will be speaking this Sunday. Everyone expects a white guy to walk through the door normally. So just the fact that I could use that introduction just to say the the other stuff really isn't that important. Um, I was pastor for seven years, been in missions now for six years, Um, and now my focus still full-time missions and raising support. And right now, building a nonprofit out of Southern California and believing that God is going to do something incredible with Korean Americans across the country uh, and believing in the next five to 10 years, you guys will be a part of it. We're going to be putting tens of thousands of Korean Asian Americans in stadiums filling them for the glory of God. You're going to see them in the audience. You're going to see them on the stage. And not just because we want to fill a stadium to say we did it, but I really believe that God is doing something among Asian Americans here in this hour. And I believe we haven't seen anything yet. I say that because last time I was here, do you guys remember when I spoke? I, I, uh, I I remember, I, I remember in particular, I called out this lady and, And then it was a crazy story. She was visiting, and next thing you know, apparently, people she's related to then were deciding if they were going to stay at this church or not. But then they ended up staying. They were moved by that Sunday service. And I remember in particular, Pastor Joe was just telling me the other day, I love this. uh, He's like, Yeah, dude, you were saying some pretty crazy stuff on stage. And I was like, Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember. And I, if you weren't here, I remember I was in your guys' service, and I want you to know this. This is, this is really important. I guess I'll, this is my introduction. I remember I was standing in the back of your guys' service. I was standing right back there during worship, and I remember the Lord spoke to me and gave me uh, a vision. Uh, if you don't believe God still speaks in visions, I, I challenge you, God really likes to speak to people through visions. You, threw it all, you see it through all throughout the scripture, and I believe God wants to even speak to you that way today. Uh, but I was in the back, and I felt God show me this picture, just share it for what it was. I saw the Georgia Dome, which I heard is a new name now, but the Georgia Dome, and I know Passion can fill that stadium with like 75,000 people. Uh, And I've seen that before over the years. And I was in the back and I saw it like a like a movie screen as if it was right in front of me in my heart. I mean, it felt like it's one of those moments where you see something and you see a glimpse of what God wants to do. And I saw the Georgia Dome filled with 70,000, 75,000 Korean Americans, Asian Americans and other minorities, but not your normal picture of what you see happening in America. And I got this glimpse of faith. I've been going around sharing this across the country and friends of mine in LA, planning and dreaming for New York, in Atlanta. And I'm talking to people, asking them the question, giving them faith to say, what does the future look like? Even planning to begin to already start small, gathering 5,000, 10,000 putting them in these arenas, seeking the Lord. And the reason why I say that is because I saw that when I was in the back of your church three months ago. And when I was up here, I remember speaking this. And I'm not going to take too long on this. To be honest, Pastor Joe, I had a completely different message I was going to share for this service. But being here, I think it's very evident there's a message the Lord is wanting to speak And I believe it's what our worship leader friend was getting. God doesn't just get someone weeping, crying, and that type of emotion because just out of nowhere, but God's trying to say something to his people this morning. And I believe there's a message God actually wants the land by the time we get out of here at 1015. But I have to get this out considering I'm not going to preach it. So just bear with me. I'm in the back. I see a vision. I see this stadium filled. Thousands and thousands of people that look like us. And we don't see that very much. The only guy we see right now in the Christian world that's doing anything on that level is Francis Chan, which people say he doesn't count. <laughs> they say he's he's like white. <laughs> He kind of is, honestly. He's Chinese for sure, but he doesn't really claim it that much. We're praying that he does in the future. Uh, you, no, really, one of my good friends actually, he's hes friends with Francis Chan. A lot of our friends actually work with him. And one of my friends actually feels like he's gonna play a role in helping Francis Chan discover his, his uh, Chinese heritage. And uh, him playing a massive role in the future, actually trumpeting how God's using Chinese Americans. So we're believing and praying for that. But anyway, I say this, um, I see this vision, I see this stadium filled, and then next thing you know, I get up in front of your church, and I begin the prophesy. If you don't know what prophesy means, prophesy would be, there's a couple different ways that it works, but many ways it's actually just calling forth and speaking what is truth. Um, it, it's, it's calling things into existence uh, that actually, that actually aren't here. Uh, it's it's some so for example for me to prophesy that there's a day coming in America where literally stadiums will be filled. There's a sense of faith stepping out and believing that God wants to do that. We're not there yet, but that God actually wants to do it. Uh, do you guys know the scripture in Ezekiel thirty-seven? Ezekiel chapter 37, you guys would more know it as the Valley of Dry Bones. Do you guys remember that? He speaks to them and then he literally tells them, speak and prophesy to the dry bones. Tell the dry bones to live it's a dead valley. The bones are just there. There's nothing but prophesied to the dry bones that they can live again. And then literally, if you follow, in Ezekiel 37 literally says, and now speak and speak life and, and breath to fill now these bones. And it's a crazy, crazy thing. But it talks about speaking and calling things out as though they were. It may not look like it right now, but actually being able to see it with eyes of faith. Okay. There's a whole sermon on it. I'm I'm probably going to do it for the second service. But I say this because I was up here, and I remember saying that this church is going to grow. I remember saying this church, I feel it in my heart, is going to go to multiple services. The building is too small. In fact, I'll say it again. I was in the service during worship, and I was in here just practically thinking this room is too small. They need to grow. They they, they need to build something bigger, or they need to get access to the bigger room because this room is too small for where Han Vision EM is going. I want you to know that that should get some of you excited. Or maybe you're like you like smaller churches, but I'm telling you, it's going to grow. And I was here with Pastor Joe, and I literally began to say this out loud. He doesn't really know me, but he liked me, so he invited me to speak one Sunday. And I began to say, "This church is going to grow. You're going to multiple services. People are going to come out of nowhere. They're going to come literally. They might find you randomly through a friend. They might find you literally uh, find uh, on Google on social media." But people People are going to start coming and filling your church, and this church is going to grow. Pastor Joe actually told me, he's like, dude, I actually thought, I thought, I thought what you were saying was crazy. I didn't even really believe what you were saying. And literally, he told me from that day forward, God has been moving exponentially so far right now in the ministry. And I'm so encouraged by this, by Pastor Joe. Right now, I'm speaking a little bit on a leadership level. Someone who just comes on Sundays who kind of just is like, oh, I'm going for my Sunday service. This may not mean much to you, but someone in this room that wants to own this and say, Han Vision is my church. I want my church to change this city. I want my church to change families. I want my church to change neighborhoods. Amen. I want my church to shift university culture. I want my church to actually play a role in shifting what God's doing in everyday faith and work nine to five. Amen. Come on, it's just not about the 1040 window, getting a passport and go to the nations. It's about the nine to five, amen? God wants to do something here and now. So somebody here that I believe is wanting to see God move, this might mean something to you. But I say this to Pastor Joe and he's like, bro, I didn't even really believe it. But what's crazy is I spent so many years trying to make a church grow, so many years trying to make small groups happen or ministry get birth." And now it feels like it's almost effortless, and God is doing it. I don't, he's like, I don't really understand what's going on, but God is doing it. And I share this to you because I really believe you are at a time right now, God is moving, God is doing something in this hour. And I know I heard there's a lot of younger people in the room. If I'm not mistaken, a lot of the high school students serve in other ministry for the 11. Can you raise your hand if you do that real quick, if you're serving in another, another ministry during this time? Could you guys put your hands together for all of our youth that are serving in other ministries? Yo, hey, look at me real quick. I, I just want to honor you guys, and I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart that you're volunteering. You're giving your time, your energy, and truly, if you guys weren't serving, a lot of certain ministries at this church wouldn't happen. So I don't know, a lot of times we don't get as many thank yous as we need. I just want to honor you guys and just say thank you for serving and putting in that time. We really appreciate you guys doing that. But I just say, I really feel with where we're at, God's doing something in this hour. And I guess I'll save it for the second service if we go there. But I would say this, God's going to move whether you are a part of it or not. What I mean, when I say that, I say God wants to move in this church, and all he needs is just five people, 12 people, maybe 25 people that will come into agreement and say, Lord, we want to make you the center. The presence would be the center of this church, and we want to see you move. And I believe God will take that simple yes. He'll take that willingness. He'll take the little that you have, your giftings, your ability, your skills, your talents, whoever you are. Even if you don't feel qualified, that doesn't matter. You guys have heard the great quote, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability. And if you simply give God a yes, he'll take what you have. He'll multiply it. He has more inside of you than you even realize. There's gifts inside of you. You haven't even tapped into high school students. I, man, I mean, right now you got, honestly, you're still even figuring out life, but honestly, I, I want to encourage you. Life doesn't even start till after 18. No, honestly, I want you to know, I gave my guts, served God with all my heart. 15 to 16, I got radically saved. But honestly, you'll realize years later, it's like High school, in many ways, is like the four most insignificant years of your life because, no, no, because of this, we put so much stock in what people think, popularity, what they're going to think of us, how we do it. It determines even how we live our life, how we serve God, and then you, when you're 21, 22, 23, post-college, you look back and you go, why did I care so much about what people thought? Why did I live my life in such a way that I could never get those four years back? And so I just say that to even say we're all on a journey, we're learning, we're discovering who we are, amen? Psychology says you're learning who you are all the way up to the age of 24. And honestly, 24 is not it. I'm 34 and I'm still learning, right? But I wanna encourage you, there's so much on the inside of you that I would would challenge you to get on your face seek the Lord and say God I want to go on to discovery to find out what have you put inside of me that you haven't put in anyone else in this room because you're you're special you're unique God's made you he's designed you in such a way he wants to use you at this church anyway I know that that could be a whole message and do that but this is what, actually what I want to talk about today uh, you know, the reason why I love Pastor Joe, Pastor Joe, he at least he loves me and he trusts me enough to say, Jason, I believe if you come and you preach, you're not. Uh, he believes that something I'll share and speak is going to be what this church needs to hear at this moment. I'll say this for anyone who might be thinking this: I just want to cover these bases. If I was a pastor and I pastored this church 365 days a year, I would preach to you a lot different because I need to build and preach series and bring all different types of depth and walk you through the word. You guys have been going through Matthew chapter, Matthew, the whole book, the past like two or three years. That's incredible, right? So you guys, you guys some people are like, yeah, we should go to another book though. Um, but, <laughs> but Matthew's bomb, by the way. In fact, I want to preach out of it today, but we'll see. But I'll say this for you guys, man, like I'm really coming to you from what I feel God is speaking to me on a, on a national scale and what God's doing. But honestly, I feel like God's honing it in. And I felt like the Lord was even speaking to me as my brother was crying. Uh, I almost went up and grabbed you in the middle of worship. Uh, and I wanted to grab the mic, but I figured I'd wait. And I felt like the Lord was saying, Jason, these people, at least this service, they don't need to hear a message on vision right now. They need to know how much God loves them. So here's what I want to do. I know this seems a bit odd, but here's what I want to do. Where, where's the girl who's on the keys? Where's she at? The one that was playing the keys? Can you do me a favor? Can you come up here? Put your hands together for this awesome young woman. Can you just uh, play something? Play something nice and spiritual for me? Huh? Oh, that's awesome. My man, can you jump on the guitar or or just something? Just give me something. Uh, reason, the reason why I'm doing this is this service ends very soon, so I want you. I just want you to come up here. We're gonna jump right on in. Um, I want to say this, and I'll, I'm gonna read real quick. You guys are in the book of Matthew, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's in the book of Matthew. Um, I just say this. I challenge you. Some of you guys want to know what to study, what to dig into, even commentaries and and how to dig into certain portions of scripture. I know a guy who's one of the greatest teachers right now in the country. His name's Daniel Lim, and literally he'll spend six months in one chapter. So the amount of depth that's in scripture, you can go really, really deep, okay? But I'll just challenge you, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven We're not going to go there, but Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, you should mark that. That is the Sermon on the Mount. That That is arguably the most iconic, most famous sermon ever preached. Jesus literally broke down Christianity 101 in those three chapters. And if you study that out and what he said, and you took it line by line, and you made a commitment to obey that, and make sure your life aligned to that in his grace, not your power, not grabbing yourself by your bootstraps and I can make it happen because you can't, right? Only the grace of God can give you the ability when Jesus says, if someone slaps you in the face, turn your cheek and say, how about the other side? Only Jesus can give you that type of love for people, amen? So my point is you can't do this. You can't fulfill this book. You can't walk it out. I can't walk it out. We need the power of God, amen? I'll take it a a step further. It talks about if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. He was talking about to go to extreme measures to actually get the things out of your life that are causing you to sin. But I wanna say this. You can't overcome sin on your own. You trying, you can't overcome sin. You have to recognize Man, sin has had a hold on my life, and you gotta surrender to his mercy and his grace and allow God to begin to give you the power to overcome sin. You can't do it on your own, my point. Religion can't do it. Reading enough books can't do it. Going enough church can't do it. Volunteering and serving doesn't do it. Who knows what I'm talking about? Everyone in the room's kinda like, yeah, that's true. But we need Jesus, amen? Again, that's not what I'm preaching. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew 18, Well, I'm just telling you, Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, you should memorize that stuff. I just listened to the whole the whole three chapters this morning. Matthew chapter 18, and this is where I want to just land it. In fact, I heard this is the chapter you guys are parking it on actually today. There's so much good stuff in here. Man, there's a lot. But I just want to focus on this. The Lord spoke to me this, this morning. It says in the parable of the lost sheep, let's start in verse 11. All of you guys know it for the son of man has come not to save, or for the son of, my my bad, for the son of man has come to save that which was lost. Amen. Verse 12, what do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? Verse 13, and if he, and if he find, if he, if he should find it, Assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. So it is not the will of the father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. You know, I I was thinking about that even today. And I want to say this and then we're just going to literally go into a ministry time. And I'm going to try to milk it till 1020. Here's what I want to say. I was just talking to a guy yesterday. It was so profound to me. He's a pastor he's known a good he's known one of my good friends Andy Yoon since he was 13. but anyway this guy begins to tell me a story. grew up in Korean Church. Um, his parents couldn't have children uh, or rather they, they were they were barren and literally prayed 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 prayed, prayed for years, prayed for a miracle and after miscarriages after miscarriage, after all these things, if you're ever trying to have a child that's a tough place to be. And then what happens, this mom prays a type of Hannah prayer. If you give me a son, I'll dedicate him to you. So what ends up happening is the kid's a miracle child, this guy. He's telling me this story yesterday. He's a miracle child, and then his mom, because he he was uh, born, literally dedicates him, and pretty much there's this pressure on him. He's going to be a pastor, and he's going to be a minister, and he's growing up in the Korean church, growing up under all the pressure, under the microscope, of re- of growing up in a church. Honestly, even you guys have probably experienced it being in a Korean culture, a first gen that loves Jesus, but then sometimes puts certain parameters of how to serve God on us. And a lot of times what was real for them becomes religion for us. Hopefully maybe that makes sense to you. It's it's the right thing to do, but it's not real to us yet. Okay? So this guy, he was trying to come up all these years, but he constantly started to feel this struggle over the years like, man, I have my church life, but I have another side in, in me. Man, I feel like I need to go figure out my life and I need to go figure out who I am and I gotta figure out, do I like sin? And you know, like what what is it like to go live and maybe party or maybe, I don't know, whatever his thoughts were, but then he didn't feel like he had the freedom Cause he lived in Atlanta, every pastor, church, everyone knew him. So he felt like, man, how could I get out of this? But felt suffocated because I want to figure out my life. And I feel like there's this yoke and this pressure on my life to serve God, to be in church, to be a pastor. And I'll do it just because I want to obey. I want to be a good son. I want to be a good Korean Korean kid and all that. But he, after a certain point said, I'm done. I can't handle this. So he takes off. He literally was like, I got to get out of here. And he literally told people he was going on missions to go do it in the army, but he, he wasn't doing to go do missions. He takes off to the military and he gets out, he, go, he, run, he runs. He would tell you straight up, I was running from God. I was running from church. I was running from everyone. I didn't want to see anybody. I don't want to talk about Korean church, church, God, none of that, being a pastor, all that pressure. That's not my life. Give me a moment. So he runs off to the military. And this dude He uh, he's doing his thing. He's running from God and it's in the midst of being broken and in the military. And it only took like seven weeks to come to a breaking point. Praise God. Amen. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't take us 70 years, maybe only seven weeks. But in seven weeks in, I told him this yesterday and he's like, I like that. I was like, sometimes you have to hit you have to hit rock bottom to realize Jesus is the rock at the bottom. You know, I, I hope that doesn't come, that that's not your story because you, you don't have to go to hell and back to start serving Jesus. You know what I'm saying? You don't got to live some crazy sinful life to then come back and say, oh, it was by the grace of God. The greatest testimony in this room is someone that's God's protected me from all of it. And man, I started serving him at a young age and I went after him with all my heart in high school. That's the best testimony you could ever have. But you know what this guy says? Seven weeks in, He's at rock bottom, and then God speaks to him. He's, he literally asked me this. He didn't know me. He goes, hey, dude, uh, I don't really know where, your background, but I'm going to tell you something crazy. And I, I looked at him. I was like, hey, bro, whatever you're going to say, it's probably not outside of my grid, meaning he goes, all right, okay, I get it. So uh, anyway, I was outside, and I felt like I heard a guitar playing God of Wonders. And then I realized no one was playing a guitar. I looked around and no one was playing music. I was asking people, do you hear that? And literally they're like, dude, what are you talking about? You're going crazy. So he's like, yeah, you know, he, you know, he wanted to make sure I didn't think you'd be crazy. And then what happens is it's a long story but here's the biggest part and here's where I'll land it. It has everything to do with you, believe it or not. He goes, God speaks to him out of nowhere sobriety, feeling God's presence, first time he's felt like his thoughts go here since he's left left the church, left Atlanta, ran away from God. And God speaks to him, you have forgotten about me, but son, I have not forgotten about you. You have forgotten about me, but I have not forgotten about you. And this guy has a rich background, ministry, In fact, now is in the ministry, he has been serving in the ministry, uh, does a number of things right now in the ministry. And I was so touched by that. The spirit of what you see in the gospel, God leaving the 99, God will leave those that are found to go after that person that's lost. And he doesn't stop. He doesn't quit. He never gives up. Amen? But what I felt even today, I felt it's where we should park it. As we're sharing this, I felt to encourage many of you guys today, Pastor Joe, you were hitting it and you were nailing it. Honestly, you were, you were sharing so much truth there. God loves you so much. And more than God just loving you, God actually likes you. God actually enjoys you. God actually is intrigued and very interested in everything about you. In fact, he knows it already and he created you that way and he loves it. And there, there's, there's so many, I got to say this, there's so many misconceptions that we have as it relates to God and how God sees us. And you know, the best way I could say it, I feel like God today is trying to break a spirit of religion. Religion chokes out life. Religion religion makes your, your, your walk with God, all these rules, it makes it rigid, it makes it it's about perfection, it's about doing it exactly perfect. And if I even mess up just a little, then I've wronged God and I'm no longer worthy. Who am I? All of this stuff and then we just run from God. And and it's not that there's not truth. It's not that we shouldn't preach about holiness as I know Pastor Joe has been. It's not that we don't wanna, we, we need to preach against compromise. We should, right? We, we, we should talk about these things, but the best way could, I could explain it is my buddy years ago used to say it like this. You guys know about Jesus tearing the veil, that when he died on the cross, the veil was torn, and now we had access into the presence of God, right? My buddy always said it like this. Jesus tore the veil, but religion has been trying to sew it up ever since, through our acts, through our deeds, and through our prayer life and through reading the Bible or through serving and through doing all these things, we actually now have a relationship with God where God's like, no, 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 no! I tore the veil. You did nothing to earn this. You did nothing to achieve this. It's like my friend who's running from God. he, He didn't earn this. And God in heaven speaks to him audibly. He said, audibly, He looked around and people, he's like, did you hear that? People thought he was crazy. God speaks to him audibly. You've forgotten about me, but son, I have not forgotten about you. I gotta say this right now. Your prayer life didn't get God's attention like that. Your dedication in the spiritual disciplines and service to God didn't get his attention. Your service in the ministry or serving in church didn't get God's attention. Although those things are needed and they're great, But God has come 100% of the way in our brokenness, in our weakness, in our failure, in my inconsistency, in our broken promises. And God shows up every single time and says, I am here. And it's not about even what you do for me. It's the fact that you would open up your heart and realize that I love you and that I'm after you. And I just want to have intimacy with you. He wants friendship with you. You know what I'm getting at and I'm really going at even after today? And I just, you know, I I know this is a bit different. This was not my plan. But I would say even for this morning, God is not so much concerned with the outside exterior of what you do for him or what people think, what they see, what they perceive. Who cares if you fool everybody? But if in your heart, there's no relationship with God, what's it for? I mean, that, that would just be tiring, putting on a show and going through motions and going through religious tradition and formula. Do that for 10 years, 20 years. Eventually, you're going to run out of gas. It won't last that long. And honestly, the reason why I speak so candidly like this, an entire generation, my generation, right now, especially in the Korean church, they're literally falling out of love with God they're in religion, they're doing church, they're doing formula, and it's dead. And why are, why are the Korean churches so small and so many are running from God? They don't want anything to do with the church because they're looking for something real. And so if, if God's gonna do something in an incredible church like Han Vision and God even two years from now, imagine you have a thousand members. Who would, What does it matter to have a thousand members if in our heart, we're doing all the exterior things, but in our heart, we're still far from God and still trying to earn our love from him. And my heart today is this, full circle, back to my brother, what he was, what, what was happening to him earlier. I feel like God was trying to speak through him in those tears to say, I don't care about, this is the message, guys, right here. I don't care about all that stuff. That's why for me, I don't have to preach a message right now. This is God's message. What just happened, what God's doing right now, he wants you to know he's thinking about you. Every one of you have your own unique circumstance, where you're at in life right now, but God's saying, I don't look at all that outside stuff, although I appreciate what you're doing. But God's saying, I'm looking at your heart. And I believe the Lord's saying, I'm looking at your heart, and I just want relationship with you. And he wants us to become real He wants us to have depth. He wants you to have a peace and joy and a freedom that's in him and in him alone. And so here's what I'm gonna do and then we're gonna end right now. If you were to encourage what you were feeling from God, you were just weeping because you felt like God just kept saying, I love them, I love them, right? What what do you think God, just in a few more words, God is wanting to say to this community right now? Based off of what you were feeling and worship in that moment, you were getting the heart of God. That's what was happening. And what what do you what, what is that that you'd want to communicate, even just to your to your fellow brothers and sisters, um, just what the Lord was saying. I just
0: felt like, um, yeah, um, I felt like. Hey, used the mic. <laughs> yeah, like hey, he was saying, "I love you," but like I think, like the image I had an image with it too, and I kind of saw myself, right. At first, I saw myself in this little, almost spherical little thing that was kind of blocking God off. But at that moment, for me, like I was in that place, and like I physically saw God's love, like overwhelming me, like in, throughout the entire sphere. And I, I don't think I just got that for myself. Like I feel like there's some of us in this room that are kind of like that have this spirit to kind of block out God almost. And I just feel like we need to take that out, like get rid of that shattered, and accept
1: it. Accept this love. Come on, we'll just start playing something. Here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna end right now. Uh, we're gonna do this really quick, and I, I, I'm not gonna draw it out. But I just believe the Lord right now is just looking for a response, and he's looking for an open door. All God needs is an unlocked door. And you opening it, opening that door, and saying, "Come on in, Jesus." I'm just reminded right now. It says, "It says in Hebrews," and this is is so so key to know this. It says, "Run boldly, run confidently into the throne of grace, that you'd receive mercy and help in time of your need." The Scripture implored us and said, "Run boldly." And I always wondered why did it say boldly? And I believe the writer of Hebrews knew in inspiration that there'd be times in our life shame would make us run, guilt, condemnation would make us feel unworthy, all the things the enemy would try to lie to us and tell us that we're not worthy, and all the things put we'd have to put our own put a, put a, put a, put ourselves in time out and a type of purgatory until we could receive God's love again and this cycle of shame. And I just feel like the Lord would say, get rid of all that. Push delete on all of that. That's not God. That's the enemy. And the voice of the Lord is speaking to you saying, run boldly, run confidently into my presence, into the throne of grace that you can receive mercy, strength, help in time of greatest need. That's the father today. So the worship leader, Lord was speaking through him earlier. God was speaking through Pastor Joe. And now he's speaking through this Korean guy who literally didn't even preach you a message, a traditional message, who's now telling you, the Lord is speaking to your heart right now. And he wants you to know, even when you leave this room, even when you start tomorrow and you're back in the life grind of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, that you would know that you know that you know that there is a God in heaven that is saying, come to me, I am here, let me in. Break off religion, break off performance, break off that orphan spirit. You're a son, you're a daughter, you have a family, you've been purchased with a price. And you can receive and walk in that love and relationship What is God doing as the body of Christ, amen? I like to say it like this. The devil's church is much bigger than ours. So we need to lock arms and we got a lot of work to do, right? We need every church, right? Amen. You guys there? Check your pulse. Still alive? Amen. Just talk to me and even nod your head's good. That's great. I I I took a picture there. It was so still. You know, I feel even, uh, I was walking by just a second ago and I I was talking to this guy. I'm like, hey, you gonna be in the service? Kind of an awkward time. We're both in the bathroom. I won't go into detail. I'm like, hey, you gonna be in the service? He looked like a young adult. He's like, oh, yeah. I was like, hey, which one are you in? He's like, oh, I'm in the cam. I'm like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, man, because he's a young adult guy. And I was like, okay, so he's like, well, you know, where's your guys' service? And I looked inside. and I'm like, oh, snap. It's a good amount of KM, you know, kind of their their group, some young people. I'm just going to say this for what it is. I believe where this church is going, your EM is going to be that large but larger. I really believe that. I believe in faith, but more than just faith, because you could just be like, oh, this church is gonna grow, and this church is gonna grow, and this church is gonna grow. It's like Oprah, right? You get a school, and you get a school, you get a school. I ain't doing that today. But I I actually believe in faith through my friendship with Joe, through my friends in Atlanta, through the unique destiny that I feel on this region of what God wants to do with Korean-American, second-generation, English-speaking ministries. And more than even that, being in this room i know there's destiny on this ministry i know god is doing something at this hour and my hope today is that god would just spark something even in the short moments i'm sharing something would just spark to say man what is god doing hope would even begin to rise what what could god do with our em where is this going clearly this room is too small for this service we add another 10 people where are we add a few more benches but Already, the church is already growing and it's already starting to become something more, even numerically. And it's not just about numbers, but even discipleship. I heard there's been multiplication in your guys' small groups. It's just been happening. You guys have gone from one to four. Families are starting to come. You guys should welcome that soon in this EM. You're gonna see lots of little children running around. It's just the evolution of how it works. And God's doing something and you are a part of that. And as I'm here, you know, I was, I was here uh, a couple months back, and I remember telling Pastor Joe, I just met him the day before, uh, which was really cool. We were doing Daniel, Daniel School here, which is a, a, a collaborative regional training, the body of Christ. Local churches can come, send their people, and get trained on a Saturday uh, in the morning and the afternoon. I prayed for Pastor Joe. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. Whatever what reason, he starts weeping and crying in the back. God was touching him. And next thing you know, he's like, hey, you want to share tomorrow, Sunday morning? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I showed up, those of you that were here that remember that, raise your hand if you were here that Sunday, okay, a good amount of the people. So I'm there, I'm preaching, and I'm in the back, and I'll spare the details, but I felt the Lord speak to me, God's doing something special with Han Vision, and I I said it, and I declared it, because there's certain moments you feel something from God, and it's on you to say it or keep it for yourself, believe it or doubt it. So I believed it, and I said, you know what? This church is going to grow, and I hear the Lord saying, multiple services, multiple services, multiple services. This building is too small. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Do something now. Whoever you are, get off the bench. Get in the game. God wants to do something right now, and we don't have any room or any time for people just to be spectators, but this church, God wants to use all all of you for what he wants to do in this hour i said it like this last time i'll say it again that there are three types of people in the world people that make things happen people that watch things happen and people that wonder what happened you want to be people at han vision that don't look around or don't even that don't even know what happened you don't want to be the people that are just watching things happen just from a distance oh that's incredible our church is exploding and God's moving. You wanna be someone that was in the middle of that, who was praying for it before it ever came. You wanna be someone that literally is like, yo, a year from now, having three or four of your friends that are serving God now, and they wouldn't be here if it wasn't for your influence in their life. Come on, amen? Come on, people from your university, people from your high school, people from your workplace. I said it this morning in the first service, we always glorify the pulpit and the preacher. And we glorify the missionary who stamps the passport and goes to the 1040, the 1040 window, the unreached. But it's not just about the 1040, it's about the nine to five. It's about our every day. I talked to a young man earlier. I asked him, what do, What do you feel this church needs? I won't say his name. He's a sharp guy. He's like, man, he always has a smile on his face. That gives it away Some of people might know who, the, who this guy is. He goes, you know what, dude? He's so genuine, that guy. He's just like, you know what, Pastor Jason? He's like, I feel like we got to own our faith. He's like, man, it ain't just about Sunday. He's like, it's about all things for the glory of God. What about Monday? What about Tuesday? What about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What about the kingdom in the workplace? I'm like, bro, you need to preach. You need to grab this mic. And no, really, guys, that that young man has a vision and he plays a role he plays just as important role as Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe, Grace and the leaders, their job is not to entertain the saints. What well, was the scripture? The five-fold ministry is for the equipping of the saints. Meaning you're here, we're here today, not to hear some fancy sermon, not even to hear a great worship team, not to do our normal traditional Sunday morning. We're here actually because we are in a war for souls. I mean, if we really talk about it for what it is, I believe the world—the war for the kingdom of God is more real than the war in the Middle East right now. It's more real than ISIS. It is very real. The spirit realm, the amount of activity, the enemy that's in this room that's literally trying to get people off track, that's trying to literally get people off the path, the narrow road the scripture talks about in Matthew. I know you guys have been in that book for a few years now. You should know it really well but it talks about the narrow road. What does the enemy try to do? The enemy in this room, as much as God, we quote it all the time out of context, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you. If you know the whole context, it's kind of heavy. But point being is, as much as God has a massive plan for all of us, the enemy has just as detailed, focused plan for your life. As soon as you walk out of the store, he has a plan. Right now, even right now, he's speaking. He 24 seven, he doesn't take a day off. He's not taking Thanksgiving off, he's at work. And literally in this room, I already know it for sure, the enemy's spoken to people about their, we heard it, testimonies, feeling unworthy. Feeling like I don't have value. How many people in the room, We, we, we don't, don't raise your hand. We don't have to admit it. How many people go to bed at night, they put their head, on the, their head on their pillow, and they feel empty, and they feel a lack of purpose. They go to church, they smile, but deep down inside, you still feel extremely empty. How many people in this room, like my sister Nicole, just saying, it's been a fight. I'm serving God, but yet it's still been a fight anyone that served God longer than five years, we could nod our head. Yo, this, this actually takes work. It's a fight. My girl, I love the fact, you know what I love? She's like, I've been struggling with my value. I've been struggling with the fact that I know my worthiness in Christ, but you know what I love? She's like, you know, I heard in this podcast, you know, I was reading in this devotional. That's a girl that's saying, I don't want to listen to the lies of the enemy. I want to understand the truth. I want to know the truth. What does it say? They would know the truth and then that truth would set them free. It's not that the truth will set you free. You have to know it. So then when the enemy comes, he lies to you. You could say, no, 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 no. I know the truth. What you're saying is a lie. But apparently according to the word, this is what God says about me. And if you don't know the truth, how are you ever going to walk in freedom? I love it. I want to encourage you. As you were sharing back there, I felt the word for you was you are renewing your mind. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, what does it say that we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. One famous preacher says it like this. The scripture made it very clear. If you want to grow in your walk with God, the Bible made it very clear. Don't be transformed by the don't be transformed by the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renew literally means to change the way that you think. So the only way to get transformation is to begin to focus on truth grow in the truth. So in essence, he said it like this. It's very simple for all of us today. We can come to church. We have door one, door two. You cannot change your mind. You cannot focus on the truth. You cannot be in the word, not listening to sermons, not in podcasts, not diving into the Bible. And if you don't want to do that, you won't be transformed. But if you in this room 12 months from now want to be an entirely new person, thinking different, walking different, operating different, you'll renew your mind, because those that renew their mind, you'll actually be transformed. It's in the scripture. It's laid out there very, very clear. In fact, you know, honestly, I know exactly what the Lord wants me to share. It's the things I'm sharing on even right now, but he's having me do it in a very unique way. I'll tell this, Pastor Joe, I feel a very unique, even presence on this service, different than even the one earlier, because there's something God's even saying. My, My sister here, she was saying even earlier, talking about, these, these lies. I know for sure in this room, people are dealing with traffic, lots of traffic, lots of voices. Some of the big ones are shame, guilt, condemnation. The enemy likes to play those tapes and he never stops. And those tapes play all day. I know, I know, a few, I know people, cause I travel all over the world and I speak. They literally say, Oh, I, I was told as a young person and I've been told my whole life that I'm not worth it. So, when you've been told 25 years that you're not worth it, how do you think you're going to walk around living your life? That you're worthless. But what happens all of a sudden when that person, young girl, young man, whoever you are in this room, you begin to understand what God says about you, the truth of what God says, and you begin to walk now in a newfound confidence and identity in Christ? John chapter 10, this changed my life when I heard it a number of years ago. John chapter 10, it says, uh, My sheep know my voice. The stranger's voice, they're not going to listen to. That's a basic rundown of John chapter 10. My sheep, my children will know my voice, but the stranger's voice, they're not going to listen to. This set me free years ago. Catch this. The truth of the matter is, you know how sometimes we say, kind of Pentecostal style, I silence the enemy in Jesus' name. Ah, Right? In Jesus' name, I silence you. I've done it. I've said it. I silence you. I get the power. I get the faith in it. But you realize the promise in scripture is the enemy always speaks. What does the scripture say? He's the father of lies. His native language is lies. What does it say that he comes to do? Still kill and destroy. But what else? Deceive, lie, twist the truth. What does John chapter 10 say? That the sheep will know the father's voice, but the stranger's voice they won't listen to. My point I'm making is bloodbot serving God at prayer meeting, in devotionals, in discipleship, serving God, feeling like you could take on hell with a water pistol, even on your best day, the enemy still is going to speak to you and you have to know the difference between the voice of the father and the voice of the stranger. Does this make sense? Is this good? The fact of the matter is every single one of us All day, he knows, the enemy knows exactly how to hit you. He knows your weakness. He knows what you've gone through. He knows how you were raised. He knows your family background. He knows every dynamic. He knows your insecurities. He knows your deep desires. He knows what you really want. He knows every aspect of your life. And he does not let up, his foot's on the pedal. And what he wants from you is not to trust God, not to spend time with God, not to be at church, not to be getting into his presence, not to believe the things you've heard your whole life. Oh, that's just religious stuff, and I tried it. It doesn't really work. The enemy wants you to believe that. Someone said it years ago, the greatest trick the enemy ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And the fact is, full circle, what I just said in the very beginning, this war that we're in is more real. It's more real than, what, than the ground we're standing on. It's very real. But I believe in this room what God is doing. And I said it, and it's kind of a full circle here. I said it when I was here last time. I believe God is going to raise up this church as a lighthouse to this city. I believe God is going to begin to send people here, prodigals, people that haven't been church in the years. People are going to just start walking in, and I really believe it's going to continue. But I feel there's an upgrade. There's a part two, if you will, from what I shared with you last time. Pastor Joe, Grace, and every other leader in this room, please hear what I'm saying. This church will grow because God's hand's on it. God's gonna continue to draw people. When he's lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. I believe there's something you guys have done that's gotten God's attention, for sure. But I'm gonna give a part two, two sides of the same coin. In order for this church to go to the next level, it can't just be on Joe and Grace. It needs to be every person, when we show up to church, it's owning it. Han Vision is my church. What do you want to see in the next year? What do you want this church to become? What did you grow up in all these years that you would want to rewrite the story? You'd wanna change the narrative. Think about it like this. If your future children are gonna be growing up in what you create right now, what is that canvas you wanna begin to paint? This church right now. Right now, what you create, what you build, my church. What do you want this place to look like? What do you want outreach to look like? What do you want services to look like? What do you want discipleship to look like? I believe in this room, someone God's gonna use to start discipleship, different discipleship than we've ever seen. Pastor Joe's very flexible. I actually believe there's people in this room, you have a heart to disciple, and it might be God. God's put it in you, and until you speak up, you step up to the plate, this church will miss out on the gift you are because you've held back, or you've been distracted, or you've been out the game. And I really believe in this room, God wants to use all of you collectively in ownership and saying, Han Vision is our church, not just Pastor Joe and Grace. They lead us. They're our shepherds, but we're in this together. Amen? And, And literally looking at it 12 months from now, I didn't just go to church every Sunday and do my weekly Sunday service but I owned it and it was Sunday, it was Monday, it was Tuesday, it was Wednesday, Thursday, even Friday, all the way through the week. And what if when we came to church on Sundays, our testimonies were, man, I took a step of faith. I shared the gospel with my coworker. We've been talking for a while that person just broke up with their boyfriend and literally she was, and she was a wreck. She was thinking about taking her life. And I asked her, can I pray with her? Literally, she starts weeping. And literally right there, I led her to Jesus and she shows up to church with you next Sunday. Guys, that is what God does. I have stories all the time, not to glorify myself, to make the point, the world is dying. They're thirsty, they're longing. They want Jesus. We got the answer. I mean we got the answer every single one of us. We have this great gospel. As the scripture says, the mystery of the ages, Christ in me the hope of glory. I stand here today, man. Man sin bad. Done lots of crazy stuff. Stuff I would care not to admit. More than you know. Lots of stuff and I stand even here as a preacher of the gospel, blown away even this morning. God, you're so good. You're so merciful. Even when I even when I don't want you, you want me. I preached it this morning, but even when we forget you, you haven't forgotten us. I could walk a thousand steps away, but God, you're always there. Just knocking on our door. You never give up. Twenty years from now, thirty years from now, forty years from now, the gospel message is so good. He loves you. The free gift of salvation. You you have a welcome, you you have a, a open ticket into the family of God. And all you have to do is just say yes I mean, this is the gospel this message the world's thirsty for it searching for it i don't have time to break down discipleship and witnessing and owning your faith i actually believe if you were to talk to me about my theology based off the scripture acts chapter 2 first century church within the first 200 years the gospel reached to the most of the known world If you want to get into all those details, I have an opinion of what I believe scripturally the church is supposed to be. And it's not just community. It's not just eating good food. And it's not just worshiping on Sunday. It is a group of believers. We come and this room should be celebration. God is on the throne. He's alive. He got out the tomb. Come on. And he's coming back. I don't even have time to get into that. He literally is coming back. Maybe even in our generation. And we live in the most powerful, crazy time in human history. God is moving all over the world. And he hasn't forgotten about America. And church should be coming together on Sunday, celebrating what God's done. And throughout the week, we all go to wherever we go. And your mission field is your university. Your mission field is your high school. Your mission field is your family that doesn't serve God, that may be struggling and considering divorce. Your sibling that's running from God because they hate religion and they don't want anything to do with it anymore because they felt like they were pressured to serve God. That's your mission field. When you go to the grocery store and you're, you're shopping it, wherever you go, Trader Joe's or whatever your thing is, and you're there and you maybe see the same person every week that's, that's there at the counter or doing the boxes or you're at the gas station. Everywhere we go, it's the gospel. And you know how a church should grow? I know I'm going a little bit on a tangent, but it's a good tangent. You know how the church should grow? It shouldn't be from transferred members from other Korean churches. It should be from us going into the world and snatching them out of the darkness. You know what I'm talking about? Going out there and in the spirit of Matthew, Matthew chapter 18, which I think you guys are on today, that the God that we serve is the God that leaves the 99 and goes after the one. I'd ask you today, ask yourself, who's the one in your life? Have you thought about that one? Have you prayed for that one? Are we even walking out of the church on a daily thinking, is this Christianity just about me, myself, and I? I know I'm coming kind of crazy right now. I only get, was given 25 minutes, and it's like, there's lots that I could share. I travel the world, and I literally can tell you the good news of the gospel is Jesus is winning. Guys, North America's very small. The, the, Jesus is winning. God is erupting all over Asia. He's moving right now all over the Middle East. He's moving even in a dead place like Europe. He's moving all over, in Africa, in Australia. There's moves of God happening. Even in America, West Coast to East Coast, I'm telling you, God is moving. And I God has not forgotten about the Asian American church that's here. Even in Atlanta, there's something he's doing, and I'm trying to just simply come to you as a guest and a friend, and I consider this family you have a play a, a part to play and han vision has a part to play god's going to do something in this church and the question is are you willing i i really believe god's just looking and searching for people that are willing to say god i shoot this dude he's like going crazy right now i'll be honest i feel the anointing right now i have no notes and i literally right now my mind is very sharp it's not the espresso <laughs> No, I'm really, I feel God speaking to me very crystal clear right now. I can tell the difference when I'm speaking and I know I'm speaking God's words. I guarantee you I'm sharing from the heart of God right now. And in Atlanta, he wants to do something in this church. My man, Pastor Joe, look at me real quick, P. Joe. I'm telling you, get ready. Three months ago when I told you, you didn't believe me. I feel the Lord saying, get ready, get ready, get ready. It's bigger than you thought. It's much bigger than you thought. There's something God's doing I can't even get into. It's even related the last night. Collaboration, but Han Vision will play a very unique place. I'm telling you, Grace, God's doing something. And I encourage many of you to ask the question, why do I serve God? Why do I come to church? The way I'm talking right now, I travel. Most Sunday morning services, most churches don't talk like this. It's talking about self-development. It's talking about making your life better. It's talking about, you know, dream the dreams of God for your own life. It's all about me, 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 me. 30, 40, 50 years later, we look back and we're like, what did we do for the kingdom? There's so much more. There's so much more God wants to do. And I know I'm coming right now and I'm playing my role in love, but a a conviction and a confrontation nature to say there's more for us. You guys know what I'm saying? There's more. There's so much more. If you would have heard the first service, I came about it a whole different angle. I talked about the gospel the whole time, the love of God that chases us. But I feel God saying, "This group right here, this right here, this is this is this is a core of the church. They can change things. The Lord's doing something here. There's gifts in here. I even challenge you right now. Don't you don't have to look around a ton, but if you were just to look at your left, your right, even looking around the room, just real quick, look on your left. Who that person is? Look on your right who that person is. You're seeing these friends, maybe a stranger. I maybe even challenge you to think, like, what has God put in that individual that is supposed to bless this church and take it to the next level? In fact, this this is, this is all on the fly. I was sitting next to a newcomer today, brand new. Her friend invited her with the cool green, not green hair, but... Ah, you know what? It looks great. I think it looks awesome. She's like, it was supposed to be black. Thanks, by the way. Blowing up my spot. And I just met Christina. Christina, right? And I want I want to encourage you. I think this is incredible. Not only is this an Asian church, but you have all different types of ethnicities that are walking through this door. Christina's here. My brother back there. I think you're the only brother in the room. Am I right? Hey, now. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying what it is. I'm Korean and my whole family's white. My mom's white, my dad's white, my brother's white. The fact of the matter is I'm Asian and they white and you black, which I like. And that's totally fine to say. It's the beauty of culture and diversity. God wants to do something multicultural. My point is what is hidden in these people God is bringing in yourself. I'm, there's many of you, but I actually feel God's speaking about Christina, to be honest, in this moment. What's in Christina, whether she comes back or not, but what's in Christina that literally God's put inside of her that is supposed to bless the church of God? What's inside of her that was supposed to literally be a gift that literally would touch people, touch a city or a region? I believe God puts those things inside of us. You guys realize even the worship songs that we sing, those aren't just like randomly came up with. He uses people. And someone one day in a place of worship, going through a tough time, all of a sudden God will speak to them about God being the hope. The song, you, the song we sing, Beautiful Name, that came from a person who had a revelation from God. And what did they do? They wrote it, they penned it, and now the whole world is singing What a Beautiful Name. What is it God's put in you that he wants to give to the world, that he wants to even give to this church? There's something so much. You, you know, some of the mo- some, some, some key core leaders that are supposed to help lead this church in the next five, 10 years, you're in this room, but people don't even know it yet. You're not serving yet. You're not fully involved yet, but God's working on your heart for whatever what reason. The leaders and who you are, all of you play a very unique, special place in this church. I'm just gonna do this real quick. Uh, Christina, when I was sitting next to you, when I walked in, I saw, I was like, oh, she's a new girl, I think. And then I asked you, you were sitting there. You know, for what it is, I was sitting there and, you know, I really do believe the spiritual warfare that is at, at place right now. Uh, there's literally assignments on every single one of your lives. I actually believe there's targets. I believe there's actually enemies and demonic forces that are assigned to make sure that you don't serve God and that he ruins your life. I mean, it's real. And, you know, so that's true for all of us. But when I was sitting next to you, I don't know why I felt this, but number one, I'm so happy you're here as a guest newcomer. We're both somewhat new. But as you were sitting there, I felt the Lord wanted me to encourage you and to speak this over your life. To speak hope, almost like imagine a banner over your life. And I feel like the Lord would want to put hope over the top of your life would want to put purpose over the top of your life, the banner of your life. I feel like the Lord would want to, I see words like joy, joy. That's what God's doing, and it's where he's taking even your future. And I feel like the reason why I feel hope is just a unique one, it's interesting, but I feel like, I feel like what I see in your life, whatever, whatever you've walked in, I feel, I feel, I want to be careful on how I say this, I feel like God wants to bring so much hope in your life. It's almost, like, it's almost like the banner was hopelessness, and it's like God's trying to tear that down and put a new banner of your life that is hope. Hope. And in the, the, one, the, the one line statement that I felt for you was, the devil should have killed this girl when he had the chance. So obviously that means something to you and it's touching your heart, but I really felt this. I don't know what you've gone through, but I sat next to you and I could tell you've gone through a whole lot and I could tell I was sitting next to you in the sense that I had was you're sitting next to a miracle, Jason. She shouldn't be here. What she's had to go through to get here, it blow your mind. And I don't even need to know those details. But you need to know, as I was sitting next to you, the Lord spoke to me and said, Jason, I want you to call her out. Let her know there's been an assignment on her life. And the Lord would say what the enemy has meant for for evil. God is turning around for good the enemy the lord the enemy wanted to take you out he wanted to ruin your life there's been an assignment on it but god says i have a plan i'm redeeming i'm changing in fact i'm gonna pray can you extend your hands right now to my friend christina she's getting blasted right now touched by the love of god it's okay this is good this is how church should be everyone's on the on the on the edge of their seat right now i like this you know what i'm saying like let's see god do something amen Right now, I just wanna pray for Christina, just extend a hand. Father, I thank you right now for Christina. Obviously, God, you're speaking. Clearly, God, I don't know her, but Lord, you do, (laughs) come on. I thank you, God, over Christina, the banner over your life, girl, it's joy. Joy, 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 joy. He's turning weeping. He's turning your weeping, your weeping, and your mourning. And he's turning it into joy. He's turning it into worship. The banner over your life, it's changing now to hope. 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 Not hopelessness. Not despair. Not discouragement. It's not too late. It's not too late. I feel that it's not too late. God has set you up and he's gonna use everything that the enemy meant for evil, and it's actually a setup for where God's taking you it's a setup for what God's doing in your life it's all today I speak this over your life right now it's it's a new day oh yeah we speak that over your life Christina it is a new day a new day it's literally like the whiteboard the whiteboard of your life is being erased and the Lord's saying you have a blank canvas girl paint with me Dream with me, walk with me. All that you've walked through, the Lord's saying, I've just wanted you the whole time, Christina. All the pain you walked through, everything you had to experience that wasn't God. We live in a fallen world. He hurt, he cried tears. Everything you went through, he cried more tears than you could imagine but the Lord says, I'm turning it around. I'm turning it around. I'm turning it around. This day marks a new day where God speaks from heaven to you in the middle of Han vision, your first service. He's saying, I have a plan for you, Christina. Out of 7 billion people on the planet, there's no one like you. And he has a very specific plan for you. We bless her in Jesus' name. I pray the grace of God on her today in Jesus' name. And I pray the freedom, 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 the freedom that comes in Christ. I speak this to you, Christina. Everything you've experienced up to this point, you've not seen anything yet. Everything I preach today, it is for you. And you have an ability right now to say, God, I want it. I want it in my life. Today's a new day. I'm not gonna listen to the lies. I'm not gonna listen to the past. I'm not gonna let the past dictate my future. I put my foot down today and I say, God, I'm going to believe the truth. Yeah, I'm going to believe the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Man, He's here right now. I thank you, God. You're in this room. You can just stay in a place of prayer. I'm just let me do my thing real quick. Father, I thank you. You're here right now. Just close your eyes. Don't even, you don't have to watch me. Father, I thank you right now. You're in this room. God, I know you're in this room. I know you're speaking. Thank you, God, for using even Christina to let us know whoa, there's something bigger going on. There's something bigger going on. God's speaking, God's thinking about me. God's thinking about me. If he's thinking about Christina as well, he's thinking about me. He has a plan for me. He wants me to get out of religion and actually enjoy the freedom of, of relationship. He doesn't want this to be the right thing to do, but he wants it, be, wants it to be the real thing. I feel the Lord telling me right now, there's an invitation. The Lord's just saying, come, come, come. Come after me like you go after your studies. Come after me like you go after your fitness. Come after me like you go after Netflix. Come after me like you go after your passions. The Lord says the reason why I'm not full in your life, it's not because of me, but truthfully, it's because of you. God says, I've given everything. I've given my whole life. It's what Pastor Joe said. I died on the cross and I shouted to you. I give myself to you. But the Lord's saying, when you make time, And you actually invite me into your life. Oh man, I feel this and I'm doing this fast because I don't got time. I feel the challenge right now is an invitation to make a radical decision. God, I'm gonna pursue you. What would happen if we pursued you the way we pursue our other ambitions in life? And the Lord's saying, make room for me and watch me show up in your life. Make room for me. Believe me at my word. Get into the word. You want to hear my voice? Get into the Bible. Everyone wants a word from God, but they don't open up the word, which is literally his very words to you. We want prophetic words, but we don't even look at his written word. Come on, we want prophetic words, but we don't even look at his written word. The Lord's saying, I want to speak to you. I want to transform you. I want to break addiction. I want to break depression. I want to break all insecurity. I want to give you a purpose. I want to give you a reason to wake up out of your bed. I want to give you a reason to walk every day with purpose and with destiny. You have value. Jesus loves you today. Father, I thank you today. I declare it over this church. It truly is a new day. It's a new day, and you're looking for a people that are willing to say yes. Thanks for listening to the Han Vision Podcast. We hope you are blessed. Join us next week on Han Vision.